You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and we thank you for joining us on today's episode. This is your host, yours truly, Brian Chilton, and again, we welcome you as we have uh, stepped inside the arena of ideas. We want to remind you that the Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com, and we do encourage you to go check out uh, the website. There you uh, can subscribe, and by doing so, you will receive all of the articles that uh, have been uh, published, that are published on a weekly basis. We try to get at least one article out and then uh, two podcasts if we're able. Uh, here the past couple of weeks, uh, I have to apologize. I haven't been able to get the messages on the air. Uh, there have been a, a few things going on. My son has had... Uh, uh, he's had he's had a bit of uh, health issues as far as migraines go. Uh, he, he's had a lot of migraines here lately, and I don't know if it's the hot weather. Uh, of course, being down here in the southeast, we uh, southeastern United States, coming from the Piedmont Triad area of North Carolina, we get uh, some pretty warm, humid. Uh, climate uh, temperatures uh, this time of the year so i don't know if it has something to do with that or if it's the pollen in the air or what it is and then again i've, I've been i've heard that uh, it could possibly be something he's eating that's triggering them we, we've been monitoring that uh, i've also heard that uh, it could be water consumption we're water, we're monitoring that as well and then i heard it, it may be just something as um, simple as just a growth uh, him hitting a growth spurt which he has hit there as well so just uh, pray for us and pray for him that uh, that he'll get better and he'll outgrow these migraines uh, that he has so often. Uh, speaking of heat, boy, we haven't seen anything like they have in the southwest uh, quadrant of the United States. Uh, we have some good friends out in California, Fresno area, thinking of Clinton Wilcox and Sean White in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, they have hit temperatures right around 120 degrees 
in that area. And so this is a very serious situation for the folks in the southwest. They're accustomed to uh, warm weather, no doubt, but uh, the temperatures they're experiencing are, are quite extreme, no doubt. So uh, we do want to remember them. Also, uh, going back to the podcast as you know, you can catch the, pod, the Bellator Christie podcast on several podcatchers, including TuneIn Radio. Uh, we also are on Stitcher, uh, um, uh, iTunes, as well as now on Google Play. So go check us out there. You can subscribe to the podcast, and by doing so, you'll catch all the podcasts on your uh, listening device. So we encourage you to do that. So, all right, we have uh, several things we're going to talk about today. Uh, bear with me. I'm not feeling the best in the world. Uh, I have uh, digestive issues here and here and, uh, every now and again. I have to really monitor what I eat and what I consume, and then uh, I have some medicine that helps my stomach uh, when it gets uh, out of out of out of order. And so, I had a little bit of a, a little bit of stomach issues this morning myself. So. I'm not on the top of my game, but we'll try to get through this uh, by the by the Lord's help, by His grace. Do have uh, three things I want to talk about today. First and foremost, I I am absolutely appalled, as many of you are pro- have probably been as well, um, about the recent comments that actor Johnny Depp made while uh, promoting a movie uh, at the Glastonbury Festival. Uh, I'm trying to see what the movie he was. I think he was advertising a movie, maybe La La Land. I think is that right? I'm not sure. But anyhow, he he makes a bizarre a comment pertaining to President Donald Trump. And folks, he's not the only one who who has made who has made gestures or or comments about the assassination of our president. Um, it was uh, what was it? Kathy Griffin recently. It came under a lot of heat when she held a fake, bloodied, beheaded head uh, resembling President Donald Trump. I mean, what in the world is going on with people? Well, th- this is the latest in a rash of, um, of anti-Trump comments gone too far, actually calling for his assassination. Uh, the commentary on this, this is presented uh, by Time Magazine on their YouTube page. Uh, this is a this is a bizarre joke that he makes about assassinating the president. This again is Johnny Depp at the Glastonbury Festival. Okay, this is uh, Glastonbury Festival. So uh, we're going to hear his comments here, and then I'll make a few comments of my own. And uh, the the let me just say, as I'm watching this video, Depp looks stoned. He either looks drunk or stoned one. I mean, his his eyes don't look right. He looks has a real glassy look to his eyes. I don't want to say that that's what's going on, and I'm not saying that's what's going on. But he just he looks like he's himself, kind of in La La Land. Uh, but uh, he 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 looks like he's taking something or has consumed something, which I don't know. Uh, but uh, and I'm not saying that to to use as an ad hominem. I'm saying that. You know, giving credit or, 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 or just being trying to be unfair, trying to be fair and unbalanced. <laughs> Let me get this out right. Trying to be fair and balanced. You know, I want to offer that as an addendum to this to this video. But the, the uh, sound isn't that great, so there's a little bit of a, a of a, a glare or, or, or a blare in the, in the microphone. That the recording's not that great. But let's go ahead and listen to his comments at this time. Mm, Trump, 
just to uh no 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 you've misunderstood completely i think he needs help it's just a question i'm not insinuating anything by the way this is going to be in the press it'll be horrible but i'd like i like that you're all a part of it when was the last time an actor assassinated a president <laughs> Okay, so very bizarre commentary there by uh, Johnny Depp. You know, Johnny Depp has starred in such roles as uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and uh, he was also on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, many other movies. And this has brought a bunch of question, uh, a lot of question marks as it pertains to Disney's association with Johnny Depp, and and if whether or not they're going to allow him or continue to to have him. Uh, as an actor in their in their genre, in their part of their repertoire, part of you know part of one of those um, part of their associated with their movies, and so there's actually I noticed this morning uh, a uh, a movement going on on Twitter under the name hashtag Fire Depp D E P P. And so if you'd like to get on board with that, I encourage you to do that as well. But, uh, you know, th- this is very bizarre. That It's very bizarre we've come to this point in our nation, that we cannot have rational discourse, that we cannot discuss the issues intelligently, that everything has become so emotional to the point that we are uh, relaying back to John Wilkes Booth's assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. And that's what he was talking about the last time someone assassinated a president. So, you know, this is a very bizarre time we live in. Obviously, we need to pray for Depp that he gets his mind in the right place. It didn't seem like it was in a very sane place at the time. And and what also is concerning to me as well is the fact that there were many people cheering the fact that that he was calling for the assassination of the president. I mean, my goodness, we, we live in a very political, tumultuous time, needless to say. I want to give another comment, then we're going to take a commercial break and then uh, get into the main theological apologetic um, part discourse of our show. And by the way, that we're going to talk about three things that can hinder a person's prayers. And that's going to be the topic of conversation today as far as the main thrust of our our podcast today. So just stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to mention something as well, you know, talking about the tumultuous political environment that we have now it seems like there are many individuals on the ultra left who are uh, really taking shots at any conservative group whatsoever and uh, the srlc uh excuse me i'm sorry not srlc splc is stands for the southern poverty law center has uh recently started including uh, well, let me first say. Well, let me first describe this. The SPLC uh, normally lists extremist groups, which they label as hate groups, and most of the groups they label are dead on the money. I mean, they've listed individuals like uh, or, or organizations like the Ku Klux Klan. 
the Black Panther movement, or the new Black Panther Party. And justifiably so, they've also added Westboro Baptist Church to this list. Now, the Westboro Baptist Church, to refresh your memory, remember, at, at these, these are the crazy, this is the crazy group of people that go and they, they protest funerals. They'll go and, and, and hold up signs saying God hates a certain group of people. You know, and so instead of focusing on the love of God, they're focusing on the, the an extremist view of the wrath of God. They basically have all wrath, no love, is what it appears in their theological system, which is very anti-Christian at the heart of it. You take the love of Christ and the love that's found in God out of the gospel, then you have no gospel, simply put. But they have also, but the SPLC has gone into areas where, um, and, and actually attacking areas where they should not have. While they do attack extremist groups, and they attack, oh, they do uh, condemn groups like the New Panther Party, the uh, extreme Islamic groups calling for you know jihad and things of that nature. It's very questionable to my mind, in my at least in my mind, that they have started adding, and this isn't anything new, that they started adding conservative groups like Family Christian, um, Family Research Council, and also James Dobson's Focus on the Family. Now, I, I've listened to James Dobson's commentary and and his uh a lot of his programming for since i was a little boy and i never once saw anything and on focus on the family that could be deemed hateful ideology if anything they're focused on the 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 building up of the traditional family unit well this mainly they're labeled this mainly because their stance on marriage and they only view marriage as being between one man and one woman and because of that, because of their conservative viewpoints on marriage, the SR, uh, SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center, has added them to, a, a part, as part of the groups, uh, or, or as part of the watch groups, the groups to watch. The, they, they've labeled them hate groups. Well, there's another uh, group that's recently jumped on board with the uh, SPLC, and it's an organization called GuideStar. GuideStar is a group that is uh, it's an information service specializing in reporting on United States of American uh, American nonprofit company, companies. In 2016, its database provided information on 2.5 million organizations. This information is coming from their Wikipedia site. Uh, their founder is Arthur Bud Smith. They themselves are a nonprofit organization located in Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, Washington D.C., as well as Oakland, California. And they began at uh, in Williamsburg, Virginia. GuideStar's operations include data digitalization, database management and development, nonprofit services, website operations, and research. Uh, this this is a this is a uh, big group, and in June of 2017, this this month, GuideStar in, GuideStar entered into a partnership with the Southern Southern Poverty Law Center to flag SPLC identified hate groups on their website, and this this does include groups like because the SPLC it now does include groups like. 
uh, focus on the family, like uh, the Family uh, Research Council, and and other things of this this nature. Uh, you know, this brings up a, a very important question. When is when is a, a, a when at what point is something labeled hateful in speech? I mean, is it just simply because you don't agree with it that it's labeled that manner, or is or is it espousing some ideology that leads to violence and espousing the view that we want strong families in America, families being known as a husband and wife? That's not hate speech at all. It's not hate speech at all. Now, if it if if focus on the family or or um, the Family Research Council was calling for violence against homosexuals and individuals who did not find themselves within that paradigm that they espouse. Then yes, that would be considered a hate group. But they do not espouse violence against anyone. They are only simply trying to build up the biblical foundation of marriages, they are trying to build strong families for the next generation. How is that considered a hate group? Well, I would dare say that the SPLC and, and, and uh, now Guidestar jumping on board with them too are probably right about the vast majority of, of groups they list. This The addition of these conservative groups does add a bit of doubt in the minds of, of individuals who are evaluating their designated hate group status. And so it's just a shame that we have entered into a culture now where if you disagree the, with the popular opinion, you're automatically labeled a bigot and now labeled a, a part of a hate group. You know, Conservative Christians are now labeled, according to the SPLC, to the same designation of extremist uh, terrorists or, uh, or or the Ku Klux Klan. And, and how horrible, what a horrible display that is uh, by, by the SPLC as well as Guidestar. Guidestar, uh, Guidestar excuse me, uh, uh, to, to take this, this, this approach. Uh, so with that in mind, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back as we talk about three things that hinders our prayers. You're listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. Are you looking for something that will train you in Christian apologetics, but you don't have time to commit to a long-term program? Do you want to learn more about the philosophical, scientific, and historical reasons for the Christian faith? If you answered yes then plan to attend the 25th National Conference on Christian Apologetics entitled Defending a Faith That Thinks. It will be held October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, sponsored by Southern Evangelical Seminary. Among the speakers include Michael Brown, Norman Geisler, Gary Habermas, Ken Ham, Richard Howe, Greg Kokel, J.P. Moreland, SES President Richard Land, Jay Richards, Hugh Ross, Frank Turret, Jay Warner Wallace, and more than 30 additional speakers. Early bird pricing lasts until August 1st. For more information, go to conference.ses.edu. 
I plan to be at the 25th National Conference on Christian Apologetics. I hope to see you there. Once again, this is October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Go to conference.ses.edu. The National Conference on Christian Apologetics, defending the faith of things. Check out Liberty University at liberty.edu. All right, welcome back to the Bellator Christie Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. We do encourage you to, um, if, if there's something said on any of these podcasts, that you would help us get the word out by sharing it on your social media or letting other people know about us uh, here on the Bellator Christie Podcast as well as the website over at bellatorchristi.com. We are now moving into the more important issues of the the conversation today, of the podcast today. Um, You know, I, I like what William Lane Craig recently said on one of his podcasts on reasonable faith. You know, we as theologians and apologists, we would like to only focus on these major issues concerning God, concerning Jesus, the triune nature of God, the Holy Spirit, salvation, eschatology, many of these other things, and not have to worry about these other other issues that are taking place in society. But as Dr. Craig said, and I think he's right, some of these issues become matters of ethics. And when you have an individual uh, calling for the assassination of a sitting president, that is an, that is a, an ethical problem. And when you have uh, organizations that are singling out conservative Christian groups merely because they don't agree uh, on a one particular issue or one particular social issue, doesn't equate that group being a hate group. You know, whatever happened to rational discourse? I, I, you know, that that's something. If we want to build unity in our society, I'm not saying that I don't. I'm not under the persuasion or the delusion, rather, that we have to have a nation where everyone agrees with one another on every minute detail to have unity. You know, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not de- that delusional as to think that. But I think we do need to have a situation where we come back to rational discourse, being able to talk to one another as adults and to be able to communicate with one another the issues that we're trying to report instead of just rationally, uh, irrationally rather, name-calling and, and, and the level of depraved actions that you see across the nation today. So, you know, anyhow, that's why we do it. Uh, we, we, I had personally rather prefer, I had rather focus on the issues like what we're going to talk about today than the other, but uh, it becomes an issue where we, we need a comment, at least make a comment on some of these issues taking place. Today I want to talk about the issue of prayer. Uh, a good friend of mine, Jason Klein, which we are looking at doing some segments called Ask the Chaplain, 
you know, if you have issues uh, pertaining to uh, existentialism or maybe about what happens at death, you know, how you can pr- provide for individuals uh, when they're when they're facing death. Uh, we're we're going to talk about the soul, the nature of the soul. So we're going to have small vignettes with him uh, as we move forward in the podcast. At least that's what we're going to try to do. That's that's the goal. So we're going to be look, listening for that in upcoming podcasts. By the way, next week's podcast, uh, let, let me look at my calendar right quick. Uh, next week's podcast, uh, we will either not have a podcast or we will have a guest host for next week's podcast. Of course, we're talking about the July 2nd edition of the Bellator Christie podcast. This is the June 25th, so July 2nd podcast. Uh, we will either have a guest host or we will not have the commentary edition. Uh, that week, I'm going to try to see about... Uh, we're going to have a series forthcoming by Jason Klein. Uh, it's a written series uh, from an article that he has written. And so it's going to take about three or four articles to get that uh, underway. So be watching for that as well on the Bellator Christie podcast. Today, I want to talk about... Uh, as we talk about prayer, I, I ran a rabbit there. I was back to talking about Jason Klein. He and I have talked about a lot about recently about spiritual disciplines and the need for spiritual disciplines and the need for us to be close relationally to God. The Bible theistic view of prayer is to say that we can speak to God and God in His own way will speak to us through His Word mainly, but also through other means he, that, that he will communicate with us. Uh, this is opposed to the Bible deist view, which says, which is more like the Sadducean version of religion, where, where God has spoken to us through his word, but he will not speak to us through any other means. I, I don't think we could see that in Scripture at all. Well, in fact, what we do see in Scripture is that there are ways that we can hinder our prayers. Uh, you know, and obviously one way that you can hinder your prayers is to simply not pray. Uh, you know, James says you have not because you ask not. And, G- and he's basically quoting from Jesus who, who, is, who is in his messages talks about um, how, how a good father gives good gifts to the children when they ask, but how much more will the heavenly father give to his children when, when in need? Uh, and he, Jesus also says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Th- those, the verbs ask, seek, and knock are repetitive, meaning that it's a consistent thing that one does. It's not just a one-time prayer. It's not one-time asking, one-time seeking, one-time knocking. It's a consistent, ongoing situation that one is engaged in doing. So you keep asking, you keep knocking, you keep seeking, and those things will come to you. So obviously, one of, the, one of the clearest ways that you can hinder your prayers is to simply not pray. But maybe you find yourself in a situation where you've been praying, and you have yet to receive an answer from God on a particular issue that you may be facing in life. Maybe you're, maybe you're praying for an individual, and you haven't seen anything happen as of yet. Uh, maybe you're praying for a loved one or or, or, or 
maybe you're praying for a new job, or maybe you're praying for a move in ministry, or maybe you're praying for uh, starting a new degree, or maybe you're, you're praying for some type of financial issue that you're facing, or maybe you have a loved one who is who is ailing and you, you just ask that God would move in their life to heal them. Uh, whatever the case is, you, you may not have received an answer. And understand that when God answers our prayers... A lot of times, he does so in one of three ways. He'll answer in the affirmative fashion, saying yes to our prayers, and, and those are always good. <laughs> those, are, those are the good results. Sometimes he, he, will, he will answer in a negative fashion, saying no to our requests. But then we have to understand that we need to pray according to the will of God, as Jesus teaches us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven which is to say that as God wills something in heaven, may it come about on earth. Often we we miss that part of the Lord's Prayer. But but, but nonetheless, we we may get an affirmative yes, we may give a negative no, or we may have a wait. And, and, And wait doesn't mean that God isn't hearing our prayers. It does not mean that He's not... Uh, that he's not going to answer our prayers, but it means that in due time he's working on something. Maybe the circumstances are not quite right just as of yet, and understand that God knows more than you do. <laughs> that's that's a difficult thing for us to understand and, and to to accept that God knows more than we do about the circumstances that are taking place around us. But there are times that where we may find that our prayers are being hindered by something. It may be that it seems like God is not answering at all, that there's no move, that there's no peace that we find in our lives. You know, because a lot of times I found if God answers wait or negative or even yes, that we'll find a peace in our souls that only comes from God. Okay? That peace that transcends understanding. And in and sometimes people will say, yeah, well, the devil comes as the angel of light. Yes, but the devil will not provide the peace that God provides. Peace is not a fruit of the devil. A fruit of peace is a fruit of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. So God grants us that peace that no one else can provide. So even if God doesn't answer our prayers, He will at least provide us peace, letting us know that, you know, He's got it under control, that everything's working out, everything's going to be fine. But what if we pray and we still don't find that peace? Well, then we need to ask ourselves, is there something in my life that's hindering my prayers? And I believe that we find in Scripture three ways that we may be hindering our own prayers. Three ways that we can hinder our own prayers. Number one, if the prayer is prayed out of God's will, our prayers will be hindered. And we see this in a couple of passages of scriptures. Uh, let's let's first look at First John, John's first letter, chapter five. And I want to read. Uh, let me flip over to it. I have the scriptures written up in front of me, but I want to flip to it because I like for us to take a look at the context of what's going on as we consider these scriptures. So, First John, chapter five, verse fourteen. And I'm reading from the Christian Standard version of the Bible. First uh, John chapter five verse fourteen. Uh, so, 
we we see in First John five fourteen if this uh, that this is the confidence we have before Him. Okay. Before this, he he was he's talking about the assurance that we have in in, in salvation. We've talked. He's talk, spoken that God is love, uh, and and he's talked about the markers of the true Christian life. He asked in verse five, "Who is the one who conquers the world? But the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He is the one who came by water and blood, not by water only, but by water and by blood. And the Spirit testifies. The Spirit is is." Uh, is tr- the truth. Um, the spirit, the water, and the blood, they testify, and these three are in agreement. Okay, So he goes on and he talks about the agreement of God, the, the testimony of God, and he talks about the, the, then now in verse 14 that this is the confidence we have before him, that we can have confidence when we go before God in prayer. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay? The, the note here in the CSB Study Bible says, The deepest answer to prayer is to know that He hears us. To know this is to have what we have asked of Him. For believers, prayer seeks communication with the Father more than the acquisition of favors of the satisfaction or of desires. Okay? If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So, But that also means that if we ask against His will then maybe God does not necessarily consider those prayers. Friends, and, and, and as further commentary on this, we can go to James chapter 4, looking at verse 3. James chapter 4, verse 3. And let me just read the, the context. What is the source of wars and fights among you, he asks? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Okay, So a prayer that is prayed out of the will of God that is only seeking one's own will rather than the will of God may be unanswered because it's not prayed with the right motives. So in other words, if you ask God to win that lottery of so-and-so many millions or billions of dollars, it may not be that God <laughs> responds uh, to that prayer because we're praying out of God's will. So if you're praying a prayer out of God's will, it may be that it is rendered useless. Number two, if a prayer is prayed out of a rebellious lifestyle, uh, then your prayers may be hindered. Now, if we go back to James and what we find in James, he already gives a hint to this um, because the people that James addresses, they come from, uh, that, that they are come warring and fighting among them. They murder and covet and cannot obtain. They fight and wage war, and they do not have because they do not ask one, but they also ask with the wrong motives, using it on their own lives rather than for the, for the glory of God Almighty. Now, let's take a look at the prophet Isaiah. If we turn back to Isaiah chapter 1, the very first chapter in Isaiah. Let me get there. Uh, Isaiah chapter 1. And he writes in verses 15 and 18. Okay? He writes in verse 15, When you spread out your hands in prayer, 
I will refuse to look at you even if you offer countless prayers. I will not listen. Why is that? Because your hands are covered in blood. The, the note here in the CSB says this pronouncement has delayed the problem with the people's ritual practice until the last line. Their sacrifice, times of worship, and even prayers were not acceptable because their hands were covered with blood. That is, they sinned and they did not repent, but they still participated in worship. God did not tolerate such hypocritical behavior. You say, well, Brian, that's part of the Old Covenant. Yes, that's true, but the nature of God doesn't change. What makes us think that God is going to hear our prayers and respond to our prayers if we are abusing other people's, if, if, or if we're, we're living a lifestyle out of His will? He might, but most likely He won't. In verse 18 we see, Come, let us settle this. It goes on to say, says the Lord, Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are crimson red, they will be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You see, for unrepentant people, the moment they repent, God hears their prayers is willing to save them, willing to transform them. But as long as they're living a lifestyle of rebellion, it, it hinders the prayers that they offer unto God. So we have to look at our own lives, and you know, and that's not to say, I mean, and, well, you know, God hears all, and, and this brings up a theological issue. Well, well, does God really hear, or does He just not respond? Now, by hearing, I believe He does hear the words that a person speaks, but this hearing is not is different from. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Okay, you, you can hear seriously and try to absorb something, take something in, or you just it just passes in one ear out the other. It says Jesus says, you know, talking about the rebellious people, they have eyes, they see, but they really don't see. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they really don't hear. So, so it's it's part of that. Uh, recognition, making it as part of their own lives, making it, it, it responding to to what God is doing and saying in their hearts and in their lives. Okay, but the, but if you live a rebellious lifestyle outside the will of God, what makes you think that God should answer your prayers? And the same applies to me. Now that's not to say that even as believers that we're going to be perfect because we're not. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. Those of us who are saved. Uh, and in the new covenant, but we have to look at our lives. We have to examine our lives and make sure that we're not doing anything that could hinder our prayers. And also, the second one, uh, the third one, excuse me, it, it correlates really well with the second one. If the prayer is prayed while abusing others, your prayers will be hindered. Now, I go over to First Peter chapter three, verse seven. Now, I think also you can find that is in the second one as well. The, the, the people's hands were covered with blood. They were guilty of, 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 of atrocious sins, yet they came to God as if nothing had happened. God wanted them to ch- have a change of heart. He wanted them to have a change of life. He wanted, he wanted to be their God and for them to be his people. He didn't want some type of pseudo-worship, fake worship. He wanted the real deal. 
Number three, if the prayer is prayed while abusing others, your prayers will be hindered. If in the family you are abusing your spouse, then your prayers will be hindered. Uh, Peter writes, Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. He goes on to say, as with a weaker partner. Now, he's talking about physically there. He's not talking about emotional, intellect, volitional type of aspects. He's talking about the physical aspect. And, and granted, most times men, generally speaking, not all the time, but generally men are physically stronger than women. And that's what he's referencing there. Showing them honor as co-heirs, as the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. If there is a person who is abusing his spouse, and the same way goes for wives, their wives who abuse their husbands. If a spouse is abusing their family, abusing their, if, if a person is abusing their spouse and their family, God, that's going to hinder their prayers with God. God it's going to hinder God's listening to their prayers because they're in the process of abusing fellow heirs, of his kingdom. So it's important for us to understand that the people in our own households, for those who are children of God, those who are saved, they are heirs of the kingdom as well, and we need to treat them with respect and with dignity. And to do otherwise may be very well hindering the prayers that we offer unto God. So consider those things today. Consider those things and and uh, be sure that your life is what it needs to be in Christ. And so we thank you for listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. This has been the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. This is your host, Brian Chilton, saying God bless, and we'll see you back the next time we enter into the arena of ideas. do not necessarily represent those of bellatorchristi.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Michaela Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit bellatorchristi.com and subscribe so that you can receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.